Hey, it's another RC After Hours podcast. Finally, we're back. Uh, my my apologies for uh, being the one behind schedule and everything, but uh, life got a little crazy in November, unfortunately. Um, but we're back. The show is back. We have a guest. We have a guest I've wanted to talk to on camera for a while. Um, I'm going to bring him up now because there's no point in delaying it. We're going to get right into this and have some fun. And on the other end of the line whose aspect ratio has changed again on the video, but we don't care because it's all about the audio, <laughs> is uh, Sean Shepard from Defiant Wings. Uh, let me bring down this music, and we're going to talk and have some fun. Sean, thank you for coming on the show. It is Sunday morning. We haven't done a Sunday, a Sunday morning show in a long time, um, but that's what worked out for the two of us. And, uh, yeah, now we get to have some fun, talk about these wings, Talk about these really interesting products. And look, look, I am the worst wing builder in the world, but yours is like the closest to being done. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with me and these wings, but I never seem to get them done. But uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll uh, I'll, I'll be better at it and actually finish the darn things off. But hey, you know, and big shout out. We've got RSFVP from Sweden and, of course, our good friend Frank Who's, uh, who's tuned in. I didn't uh, I didn't hype the show up or anything just because we didn't have a firm date and time, but it's working out. So let me adjust your frame and you can just talk away and, and introduce yourself to uh, to our audio uh, you know audience who don't know what Defiant Wings is all about. All right. Uh, can you hear me okay? Oh yeah, we got you nice and clean. All right. All right. Uh, nice to finally be on the show. I've uh, <laughs> been a long time listener, and uh, it's nice to actually uh, meet you somewhat face to face here. Um, I wouldn't say you're the worst wing builder. Uh, I might <laughs> say you're slowest? the slowest. Slowest? Wing okay, builder. we'll go with that. We'll go with uh, that. I might go ahead. <laughs> we'll go with slow. Um, oh, yeah, that looks better. All right. Uh, my name is Sean Shepard, and uh, I started a little um, part-time after hours in my basement uh, wing company called Defiant Wings. Um, I think we are coming up will be two years in February. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. And uh, again, really, the best part of it is I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of really interesting people from around the world. Um, so, uh, that's, that's really been the, you know, the best part of it for me. Um, and that's, that's pretty much my story. Not, uh, not overly interesting. Well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to pull that back and I'm going to disagree with you because I read some of your, you know, about <laughs> your page and, and that summed it up, you know, like you were just, you wanted to try something and you, you dove in. I, I'm going to almost say you dove in head first into this whole, uh, uh, you know, adventure. So what sparked that? I, well, um, so I'll, I'll go back to the beginning and it's, and, and I haven't been in the hobby that long, so it's not that long of a journey. Um, my, my youngest daughter, um, for Christmas, wanted this small parrot drone she saw somewhere. Um, uh, I forget where it was. But anyways, that's what she wanted for Christmas. So 
my wife and I got her this little drone and uh, put it under the tree. And then Christmas Day came and she pulled it out and I put it together. And it was, um, I don't want to say it was a life-changing moment, but it was, it was an aha moment. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So uh, I thought... You know that that looks like something I really like to get into, and I've got uh, I've got an engineering background, and I've I've always been a builder, um, whether it's cars or houses or furniture, it's it's always something I've done. So I thought, well, you know, I, I should be able to build something like that. So I, I dove in, did the research, and um, built a, a an AP rig, a 650 millimeter um, AP drone. That was, you know, I think I've still got the frame around here somewhere. It was, you know, the the welded aluminum towel rods from Home Depot. It was it was scratch built, but it uh, it worked, and it it really uh, got everything started. Um, that led into drone racing. Eventually, I think I saw that FPV um, video in France that that pretty much everybody who got into FPV saw. And uh, that really sparked an interest. So I did that, got into racing, and noticed that some of the guys that I was racing quads with um, also flew wings. And they'd, they'd bring wings or they'd bring planes to some of the races and fly afterwards. And um, I, I credit the wing. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's credit. Um, I credit the wing conversion to uh, Josh Noon, who's uh, slow jet who's been doing this for a long time. Um, and he brought a couple of wings and a couple of planes to a race. And, um, you know, I thought, geez, that's, that's something I got to do. And I got an, uh, a VAS video aero system spec wing from scratch, you know, just following along the videos. And once I threw that thing in the air for the first time, I was completely hooked. There was, there was no coming back from that. The the adrenaline rush, you know, the the, you know, the twitching in the knees and the shaking of the thumbs was 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 a lot, and it uh, definitely sent me down that path. <laughs> but now I I, I like we we've had some really cool chats over the last year or so, and I like how you're never quite done with a product you're never quite done with an idea and your engineering i mean you built a wind tunnel for heaven's sakes to test your own theories out so <laughs> i mean i love right. that i love that engineering i love that that aspect of, of a lot of what you do and and then it's like well let's see can i make this thing bigger can i make this thing smaller there's no perfect and it's like anything we've noticed in this rc hobby there is no perfect formula it's like no i need i need the small one I need that medium one, and I really need that big one outside the frame here. But it's amazing that we just, you know, like we all the gear is the same, but the philosophy behind some of the, the nuances behind it are always different. So um, what, what triggers you to say, you know, I'm going to try this instead? Well, it, you know, it... it whole thing started when I, I think I'd only been flying a few months. Um, I was on my second plane and I thought, you know, I'm really not seeing exactly what I want, you know, and I looked around and I thought, well, I could buy this wing and try it. I could buy this wing and try it. 
And I got to the point where I thought, if I really want something to, to work the way I want it to, then I'm on. And so, um, you know, being an engineer, I just started doing the research and figured that if I was going to design something and I was going to make decisions about a wing, they were going to be based on on aerodynamics. They were going to be based on something more than, ah, that just looks cool. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I've made a lot of decisions over the last couple of years based on, yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> um, you know, in the end, you want... You want people to be happy with, with the product. And I guess the, the main thing for me is that I've really, most of what I've done has not, you know, been designing a product. It's been designing a wing for me, for the way that I fly. Um, I'm a proximity flyer. I'm a gap basher. Um, so, you know, low and fast is, is where I live most of my FPV life. So really the wings had to be designed uh, so they'd be agile so that they'd have a wide flight envelope. Uh, sometimes when we're flying gaps, we're down under the trees, under the limbs, we're coming down, we're getting really slow. So, you know, that wide envelope, uh, the really low stall speed, that was, that was of uh, really um, big importance to me. So um, I, I guess... The wings have progressed um, more based on my knowledge. As my knowledge evolves, as I learn more about what works, what doesn't work, as I study more about aerodynamics and get a better understanding of uh, of lift and, and wing geometry, then the products start to evolve. Um, I've been really lucky that, like I said, I've designed wings for me for what I like to do. And it just so happens that others like that, uh, that same type of flying and really enjoy the product as well. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is that I've had, um, really great support throughout the whole thing. There is a, a really great group of guys, um, any FPV. And if you can see my hat, uh, North. So, you know, the Northeast FPV guys, um, are you know an older you know a, a group that's been around a long time really experienced people and there's a wide range of backgrounds who have really helped me test um most of them are relatively close so you know they're within an, an hour or two drive we can get together and and test out things um and and been able to evolve the wings so um the biggest problem for me is too many ideas and not, not enough, time. enough time. I hear you. I so. hear you. So what made you, uh, you know, there's so many ways to, you know, to, 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 to use a phrase, to skin a cat. What made you decide to go with your, 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 your particular foam of choice and then laminate? Is it just you knew you were going to destroy them or was, just, was this the easiest and, and most um, you know, practical way to design an airplane? Well, um, I, I really had a, th really liked wings, um, you know, and, and because I, I really haven't, you know, I don't have a long standing, um, you know, history, uh, in the hobby. Um, I mean, my first, my first RC flying has been, um, 
FPV. So I am I'm a horrible line of sight pilot. <laughs> I'm working on it. I know I need to work on it. I'm just a really bad uh, line of sight pilot. It's that um, it's that whole flying back to yourself thing, I, right? I really liked. Oh yeah, I'm great going away. You know, uh, if only I had eyes in the back of my head and I could turn around when it was time to come back at me, I'd be okay. But um, yeah, it's the whole flying back to you thing that that really really gets me. Um, so I mean, wings were were what really captured my imagination, and I think it's the elegance and the simplicity uh, of a wing. I mean, there's two control surfaces. Yeah, they're very simple, um, very elegant. But that's what also makes them very complicated in the design and the build is that you only have those two control surfaces and you really have uh, particularly in pitch um, and, and definitely, you know, laterally, um, <laughs> you really haven't got much. Um, so, I, you know, I really looked at what others were building when it came to to wings um the epp seemed to be the way to go simply because it was very durable and for the type of flying that i like to do um you know most landings are unintentional uh, when you're when you're gap bashing so yes yes right I, I don't i don't have a lot of experience landing um i'm, I'm a fantastic crasher ask anybody um so i wanted something durable um, and then I started looking to reinforce it, uh, ways to code it. And it seemed that, you know, the, the FPV wing market pretty much had this uh, in hand. Um, and then when I started to do the research on the, uh, on the reinforcing and stuff like that, I realized um, that there was a lot of engineering principle behind it. And I've, I've done, I did a video about a year ago. Um, kind of outlining the, the structure of, of a wing and, and all the, the different components um, that go into a composite wing to give it the strength. So, um, you know, that's, that really seemed to be the right material. Um, and from then, it was, it was really uh, figuring out suppliers. You know, where do I get all of this stuff? And... Uh, when I first started out, I was buying the, I think I was buying the, you know, single sheets from Flying Foam. Um, and my first design was based on, if the size was based on the biggest wing I could get out of a single two foot by three foot sheet of foam. Uh, and that was the 42. So the 42 really was the first design. Um, but getting started, I really have to credit that to the other manufacturers uh, in the space, uh, Alex Grieve at Video Aerial Systems, um, yep. Ruben Hardegi at Sweep Wings, um, Anthony Watt at TBRC. Uh, these were guys who saw what I was doing, what I was posting, and without me asking, just reached out and, and gave me you know all kinds of advice, um, put me in contact with their suppliers, and uh, Alex, uh, you know, gave me the phone number of his foam supplier and, and Alex and I get our foam from the same person, mm -hmm. um, you know, put me in touch with the wing, the, the spar suppliers and, um, and, uh, Anthony's been fantastic about helping me with the hot wire. Um, you know, what the nuances of the hot wire cutter, the CNC hot wire cutter, and the right type of wire and diameters and heat ranges. And so, I mean, when I came into this, all of that was very new. 
and uh, and these guys really for i guess what many people would consider competitors yeah um and and i don't consider us competitors but a lot of people would consider us competitors competing wings um we talk a lot um you know anthony and i are talking you know weekly um but you know throwing ideas around um so i mean there's there's you know, it's not that cutthroat competition that I think a lot of people think it is. Um, we're flying friends, you know, yeah. we don't get to see each other that often, but you know. Yeah. I, I, so. You know what? I, I'll say it. If, if, if anybody can see the video behind me, there's a Chimera, a very special VAS Chimera. I got two wings from Ruben and I have two, uh, two products from uh, TV from Anthony. So it's, it's, you know, it's, I'm the slowest wing builder in history, but they will come along. And it's, you know, it's funny though, because none of my buddies here fly these kind of products, right? So I don't have a wing buddy, building buddy, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll get to them. I got to sit down. It's a long winter. I got to pull out the iron and just, just do it. I mean, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic right. that you say that because I've met all of them, uh, and you know they are every all of you guys are wonderful people, and and the fact that you all cohabitate in the same space is amazing. And let's let's face it, the industry isn't that big, the the the, the group isn't that big. So the fact that you can openly exchange and and the you know and everybody wants one of everything to try it, right? There is no one perfect formula, right. which is what you just said. So that is awesome to, to, to hear. And, and hats off to all of you for, for being able to do that. And, and I guess, is, that, is there a lot of collaboration when you, when you do something like the spec wing for the racing? Well, the, the spec wing, you know, the spec wing was unique. Um, and I've... And most people who know me know that I've I've tried to stay away from the racing um, because with racing and competition comes a lot of drama, and I, no. you know, I'm not a big fan of drama. <laughs> I hear you. Um, <laughs> so the spec wing was a little bit different in that you know it's it's like Formula One, right? We we have a spec that we have to work from. Um, so Alex designed the wing a few years ago. Um, it was the, the spec wing was my very first EPP wing. Um, it's a great wing. It's a fantastic wing to learn on. It has, you know, certain characteristics that, you know, being a symmetrical airfoil, it's, doesn't have the, the greatest stall speed. Um, but it's a race wing. So really stall speed is not a big deal. Um, I looked at what some of the other guys were doing. Uh, Anthony and I have talked about the spec design. Um, I've spoken with Alex about it. So, yeah, there's there's some collaboration and, and just making sure that what I designed, you know, wasn't going to cause drama. I didn't want to get into the situation, and I know there's been a lot of drama around the spec wing. Um, you know, anytime you have people who want to compete you're going to have people who are going to be on that on that edge and they're always looking for an advantage somewhere anybody who races is looking for an advantage um and that's the thing with the spec wing is that you know sometimes uh we push the envelope sometimes the manufacturers push the envelope and um so what i tried to do 
uh, and, and really what we had to do by the time I got to the space was that we had to design the spec wing so that it was center of spec. Um, and then that leaves the builder some wiggle room. If they don't build it exactly right, it can stay uh, within the margins of error. Um, I, I'm happy with what we came up with. Um, the, uh, it's fast. It's extremely agile. Um, the stall speed is fantastic. We're able to fly it very slow. The high-speed stall is non-existing. Uh, G-stalling is just its nearly impossible to G-stall the wing, uh, which is great because when you're racing, you don't want to be worried about you know, trying to take the turn wide so that you don't, you don't hyper-stall. Um, and we've, uh, we've tried to play with the motor mount a little bit. I think I've spent most of the development time on the motor mount. Um, which is something new, and uh, we're still working on it. There's a there's a version two motor mount that'll be coming out uh, probably this winter. Um, but I mean that that's led on to the development of here. I'll let out a secret. Well, it's not much of a secret. Um, I'll be releasing a um, another wing. Um, I haven't figured out the release date. It's been pushed back. It was going to be this fall. My guess is it'll be uh, somewhere around the second anniversary of the company, which would be in February, and we'll be pushing out uh, a new race wing, um, cool. the uh, the Aggressor series. So very neat, something new. Very neat. Um, it's funny because Jody Spring, who's popped out of the chat, said the D twenty eight is a is a great mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> the lawn beautifully is the exact quote. Yeah, Jody's Jody's got some. He's got some great uh, some great videos and some great pictures uh, with the twenty eight. Um, I think that Jody had the first twenty. I think, if I'm correct, has the first twenty eight in Canada. Nice. Nice. He certainly has the first built twenty. First built twenty eight. There you go. There, there, there's a good qualifier. Is that? I, I is is that your go-to wing? Like when you're gonna go at the door, is that the is that like the just the right size for that general basher wing when you're going out, or do you prefer something a little bigger? Um, the twenty-eight used to be. Um, a twenty-eight was the first product I came out with. Uh, but really, my heart goes to the forty-two. Gotcha. Um, the 42 is is my go-to wing. If I had to choose one to head out the door, 42 is the one I go to. And that's that's mainly because it will do just about everything the 28 will do. Um, but it does it a little bit smoother. Nice. Um, I've, I've, over the the year year, you know, year or so I've had the 42, um, I've really gained a lot of confidence with it and really realized that I can put it uh, pretty much in the same spot I can at 28. Um, and, it's a little bit of an angle to well, cut through. Almost this. the same. <laughs> yeah. I, I have tried. Um, it's interesting because <laughs> sometimes I, successfully, sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I got my first uh, flight test wing, the the uh, the arrow and printed the center mod. Man, I put that poor little foam wing through so much so much damage. Like when it was finally done, 
I was flying and the guys are like, are you okay? I'm like, I feel I was getting vertigo from flying it. And it was so worn out that the foam wings were flexing in the turns. <laughs> so it's like, you're oscillating. I'm like, well, I land, yep. you know, um, what I like seeing here, I've got the, uh, I've got the, the, the 42 pulled up on the website and it's the, um, the 3d printed files and the fact that you share them and, you know, is this you or is this part of the whole community contributing to ideas? Like, um, you know, like I noticed the little front skirts to protect the camera, the camera mount and, and so on. Are you drawing from your community or is this, you, you know, is this something you just dream up and click, click, click and make them? Um, it's both really. Um, I, I like, you know, like I said before, I like to make the decisions about the wings based on, you know, a sound, as sound an engineering principle as I can. So I'm always trying to find the right material. 3D printing is a great technique for a lot of things. And we're, you know, if you've noticed, we're even using it for motor mounts now, which, mm-hmm. um, which has really freed us up, uh, given us a lot of latitude in design with the motor mounts. Um, so motor mounts, you know, those come from me. Uh, camera mounts, I tried to put up some initial ones and then people, you know, I make everything I can available. So, uh, yeah. people just run with them and they'll post them up in the defiant wing owners group. And, um, once they're, you know, they're in the group, they're kind of available to anybody. I'll work with the author or designer, um, and offer them up, link them on the page, and and sometimes I've even offered them as a product to sell. Um, the the camera mounts, the TPU camera mounts for the 42 and the 63, or from the 42 came from um, one of one of our customers um, and and test pilot, and so that's you know he allowed graciously allowed me to sell that as a product. Uh, most of that stuff, you know, it gets to the point where my printers are are busy constantly. Um, so uh, I go ahead and release the files. I'm, you know, more than willing to sell the product if somebody doesn't have a a printer. Um, but honestly, you know, they're not big money makers. They consume a lot of time on my mm-hmm. end. So yeah. I would just assume put them up and let people download them and print them in, in whatever color they want for, you know, match their color scheme. So, uh, you know, the guys have been great. There have been so many things that have been designed and developed for these. Um, everybody is, is, you know, willing to just hand the files over and nobody's looking to make money off of anything. Um and that's, you know, I, I like running the business. I, I like, uh, like Ruben, uh, and Ruben will tell you. Um, I, you know, I'm just, I'm not a great businessman. Um, and Ruben's the same way. And, you're, you're, and you're Anthony's not going to retire the same off way this, too. Eh? You know, these, no, no, <laughs> these are hobby businesses. Yes. And, and, you know, really for us, you know, most of us, aside from a few, you know, who are doing this professionally, most of us are doing this as a hobby and it has to be, it has to remain fun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a big money maker. It's never going to be unless, you know, unless we get into commercial sales or government sales or something like that, you're never going to make a lot of money off of somebody's hobby. 
um, at least not in the small groups that we have. So um, it it makes you know it just makes sense to keep this fun and light and interesting. And and when I get so bogged down that I start feeling like, you know, is this really worth it? I mean, it's certainly, sometimes it's not worth the money, especially when the spec wing came out. Um, it was, you know, nights, every night and weekends till 11, 12 o'clock at night and, and up the next morning, go to work, come home, you know, dinner with yeah. the family and then in the shop till midnight again. It, it, it got to the point where it really wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, things... Luckily, things have, have backed off a little bit right now, so um, it gives me some time to design and develop and experiment and play with some new ideas. Nice. Going back to the 3D printing, is that, do you see this technology? I mean, I'm testing a, a unit behind me called the Sapphire Pro, and, you know, it's, and, right, and then to the right's my trusty old A8, you know, ANET A8. Do you find the... Um, uh, the 3D technology, 3D printing technology runs hand in hand with some of the stuff you're doing, designing your wings. Like it's a, it's a complementary technology. I guess that's the right uh, term to use. Oh, definitely. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, it, like I said before, it gives you a lot of latitude in your designs. You know, if we were stuck still designing with just foam and plywood and what we could cut out of plywood, then, you know, or, or bend out of aluminum, I think that, you know, we would be really limited in what we could come up with. And I, and I think we've seen over the last couple of years now that, that 3D printing has become extremely affordable. Um, I run a trio of, of uh, Ender 3s in the back, mm -hmm. and they're fantastic. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we're running into is we're running into limitations in the material. Um, luckily, uh, you know, the 3D printing industry isn't, isn't happy um, unless they're always striving to create something new. So, you know, um, I'm starting to experiment with some more exotic materials. Um, I've got some friends who are in the industry and uh, FPV Berg, was hooking me up with um, some great techniques, changing how I print things, but also hooking me up with some some more exotic filaments. Um, oh. Starting to look at uh, some glass filled PLAs and some carbon filled nylons and things like that that are much stronger, uh, have higher uh, temperature ranges, are easier to print. Don't well, melt in Ohio. Relatively in the easy to summer. print. <laughs> exactly. I uh, uh, I have the glass filled PLA is is really nice. Nice. I yeah. I'm gonna. I haven't tried uh, anything flexible yet. I've just been printing with PLA, and of course, I've got a bunch of spools that are starting to show their age and everything. So I've been you know learning to deal with all that. But uh, the 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 TPU sounds really interesting. I may have to try that. But is that uh, is that something that you really have to slow down your prints for? I do. Um, TPU is an interesting, I, I love TPU. It certainly has a place in camera mounts and certain pieces. Um, I've tried to experiment with it in motor mounts, even at 100% infill. And it, it's really just, uh, it's extremely rugged, but the TPU that I use is just too flexible. 
Mm. Um, I my printers are all Bowden tube printers, um, but the tolerances on the Bowden are tight enough that I can print TPU. But I do slow down to about half the rate um, that I would normally print. I think if you went to you know a direct extruder, I think you're seeing that. Um, you know, people can print those at the same speed they would print uh, PLA. It's just with the Bowden, um, it's a, I think it's a bit too much. So I print them slow, um, but I have generally uh, have all three printers going, you know, I wouldn't say 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day on the weekend, certainly going overnight um, on these big prints. The, you know, the Session and uh, the GoPro six seven mounts for the 63 and the 42 will take you know 12 to 14 hours to print wow so and, and you, know, yeah, you kind of yeah right so it's, you see the dollar you know, value and now it's you know so, why i want to put the files up well this is it right like here yeah serve yourself because i'm looking like your tpu gopro sessions 15 dollars. okay fine you're probably doing your cost recovery on your material and a little bit on yourself on the setup and everything but you're definitely not you're not generating income for the machines. So if one of your machines goes down, that's money out of your pocket, right? To, to put that back up. Wow. But yeah, but I mean, you know, if, if, if they don't get it for it you, they'll go for, they'll go to another party. At least you can control the design and influence the shape and everything. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. I, I, I it's funny because I haven't touched my poor 3d printer. I, I find 3d printing very much a uh, seasonal hobby for me. And, um, my buddy asked me, he got a review on the, the Sapphire, and it just lit me up again, and I was printing it again last night, and I'm like, well, I haven't done this in such a long time. I'm just having fun, and I, I'm going to almost use a term. I'm going to use a term, reinvigorating the hobby for me, which has been nice because it's like it's like like you. It's that distraction. Well, okay, I think you're a little over the top compared to me, but, I mean, it's that distraction. It's that um it's the bonus in life. It's kind of it, it. It's supposed to be there to help you enjoy your life and just replenish yourself. So I really got to go flying too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got snow up there, right? Uh, the snow went away. It's cold. It's cold right now. I think last time I checked, it was like minus sixteen That's with cold. the wind chill. And it's like I don't want to fly in that. You know, I deal with enough in my hands. I don't. Want my fingers getting cold anymore. It's, sucks <laughs> but eventually the winter planes right. will come out and uh yeah i don't tend to do well, a lot you want to keep it fun well this is it right and even just going out uh things will smooth out things have been bumpy we all know what's been going on in life but um things will smooth out and, we'll, and i'll get back there i'll start throwing some skis and some airplanes but uh and uh, later on the show i'll talk about some i ordered some batteries finally because of my 3s batteries were getting really bad um speaking of which uh eventually we'll get into the hot seat question i'm sure that one will come up on some of your preferred suppliers because that's always fun to love the hot seat questions uh um, throwing it out to the uh, the, the online okay. community. Yeah. If they have any questions for you, they can start firing them up and everything. Other than that, um, how many wings a year do you think you put out? Like retail, I guess. How much? How many wings do you sell? <sighs> right now? I mean, it's been two years, right? I would say it's been yeah, coming up on two years. So let's say a year and a half. And I think somebody asked me this, and and I'll have to do the count because I'm not very good at my inventory, but I've got about 300 wings out there. So, you know, and that's not 
not a large number compared to some of the guys, uh, some of the companies out there. But you know, you've got to remember this is one person. So every wing that is cut, every piece of every wing is cut by me. Every, you know, every section of a three-piece, four-piece, five-piece wing is is put into the cutter and run, you know, by me. So, you know, I'm I'm looking back at 300 wings is quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. Nice. What is your top seller then? Um, I think right now the Defiant 28 is, is definitely my top seller. Um, it's a great all around wing. I've, I've, a lot of guys have started on it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a starter wing, but a lot of guys have started. Um, it's a $60 kit. So, you know, it's, it's not going to break the bank. Um, but so I've, I, you know, I've got those, I've got 28s. I was going to say I have uh, I have wings in twelve countries I think. Nice. Um, and I'll venture a guess that I have a twenty-eight probably in all twelve countries. Nice. Um, so nice. Uh, nice the spec nice. wing probably came in as a second. Um, I sold a lot of those in a short period of time, uh, which uh, has you know aided to. Uh, you know, the lack of hair, um, and, and, you know, I think uh, my hair turns gray and just falls out. Uh, I'd take the gray if I kept the hair. Um, so, I mean, that that was a tough one, but 28 is definitely the best seller, uh, without a doubt. All right, we got some questions, actually. This is working out great. So, Jody asked a really good one. What is the fastest speed you've seen out of one of your Defiant Wings? That's a, what, 6S, 8S win? <laughs> I, have you pulled a 12S like Ruben? I love those videos. Those were some of the funniest things I had seen yeah. in a long time. That sound. Um, so the fastest wing, um, fastest recorded speed was Kevin Pratt with an 8S D28. Oh um, and I believe, if memory serves, it's 168 miles an hour. Oh, I would hate to see that thing snap roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what kind of what he, kind of battery um, setup what you've gotten in there? Because there's not a whole lot of real estate. I mean, uh, Kevin ran a pair of um, their pair of tattoo the little square packs the uh, the quad packs uh, R line. I they were a thousand or fifteen hundred. Okay. And he put them in sideways, and he cut open the the battery bay a little bit larger. And um, I don't think he had much of a flight time, um, but he had a whole lot of speed. Um, I think right now the 6S Aggressor is somewhere in the 145 range. Oh, I nice. think Kevin actually holds that. Kevin actually... Kevin holds a lot of records. I think his record stands right now with a right wing at 212 miles an hour, I think. Oh, that's something I, like that. I so, would love to see the dynamics on the, on something like that. That that wing must be just vibrating as it's punching through the air. He's um, Kevin comes from uh, a lot of RC background, but one of his big backgrounds was uh, fast RC boats. So he's uh, fast electric boats. He's he's really uh, in tune with power systems and and big voltages and big currents. Um, 
so yeah, his wings, uh, his wings, he builds fast. Um, Kevin probably holds a distinction. Uh, well, for a while, Kevin held the distinction of having uh, the only person to have as many defiant wings as me. Um, <laughs> I think Adam Prue has Adam Prue has caught up. I think now that uh, Adam built a a, a twin sixty six. Um, there are a few uh, twin 63s that have been converted to 66s. Um, so Adam's catching up. Um, but, you know, there's, there have been, you know, like I said, I've been lucky to have uh, guys who are um, really fantastic builders um, take what, you know, the kit that I provide and just turn it into something absolutely amazing. Nice. Actually, uh-huh. we're, I, I'm I'm now showing the uh, um, your Facebook group, and there's something special there, which I saw a couple of weeks ago when you when you kind of hinted at it. Uh, you've been working on a well, it's not a wing; it's an actual you know FPV twin flight system, and it's very interesting, very special. Uh, you want to talk us through that? Sure. Um, that's uh, that is. That was going to be my winter flyer. Um, so the idea was I wanted something that, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, but I wanted something that uh, that I could fly in the snow. Um, oh, wait, my, my shop is being invaded here, so you're probably going to hear a lot of background noise. All good. I, I wanted something that I could fly in the winter. Uh, something that could take off and land in the snow, which, you know, which a wing, unless I put some uh, floats on a wing, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I wanted a chance to, to spread the, the design wings, so to speak, um, and try something a little bit different. I was really shooting for a couple of things on this one. Uh, efficiency, um, the ability to take off and land in the snow. Um, also, I had a lot of I had a lot of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, scrap left over, scrap mm. foam, and and I hate scrap, um, so it needed to be something. So this was literally built off of uh, what I had laying around the shop, some scrap, uh, the wing, wing design really took a cue from the size of foam I had left laying around. Um, the wings are removable, so there's, you know, you can pull the wings off, um, and all of the connectors are in the wings, so there's no wires or anything. They'll come right off. Um, it's based on a design that I actually did a prototype of uh, two, over two years ago, before I even started uh, the company. And uh, it, it got its maiden flight yesterday. Um, it's a great wing, a great plane. I've got uh, full slotted flaps on the uh, inboard and ailerons outboard. Um, and, you know, it, uh, it, flew, it flew great. I was putting it through its test paces yesterday and um, <laughs> doing some stall testing. <laughs> so, I, I, in hindsight, maybe stall testing on the first flight wasn't a good idea, um, but... You know, you get it in the air, you get the feel of it, and you want to, you want to put it through the test paces. And uh, unfortunately, um, the stall testing went great. Uh, I first started without flaps and just wanted to see what the what the clean wing um, how it would stall. 
And, you know, as, as predicted, uh, you know, very predictable stall, very gentle. When it gets there, it just kind of noses over and, you know, you know, noses over, picks up speed and, and regains, uh, regains lift. So you couldn't ask for anything better than that. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, uh, whether I had a wing connector issue, when I went to get back on the throttle after the stall test, I found I had no throttle. Um, ah, so okay. it was kind of far away from me at the time. I thought maybe I just can't hear the motors because it's not like a wing. It's it's much quieter than a wing. So I thought maybe I can't hear the motors. So I gave it a little more throttle. And when I got to about half throttle, one of the motors kicked on. Um, oh. And obviously with those eight inch props. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So over she went. It uh, torqued around, torqued over, and went straight in. So, uh, I now have a four-piece plane. Um, the well, wings, are completely, <laughs> wings are completely intact, so that's fine. Um, I, it's, it's definitely repairable. Cool. I, have, uh, I have some new ideas, things I want to change, so I should have her back in the air by next weekend. I, I think you should add pontoons, man, to those wings. Put them on magnets on, the, on the, you know, your outer nacelles and go. What's the wingspan on this thing, by the way? Uh, it is with the little wing tips on there. It is sixty-three inches. Wow! Um, so nice which, size. Yep. Incidentally, yeah. Uh, incidentally, it is the perfect size to fit in the back seat of my truck, uh, which is why the Defiant sixty-three is a Defiant sixty-three and not <laughs> a sixty-four or a sixty-five. Sixty-three is all I have between the doors. So nice. Um, nice. This came out to be sixty-three. All up weight is uh, with a single 5200 4S is right around four pounds. Nice. Um, so it'll, even without flaps, she'll take off easily off the grass. Um, and it's, you know, it's, we're running uh, 2212, 1250 KV sunny skies on it with a pair of 8x6 uh, APC props. And, cruising i had it cruising yesterday actually gaining altitude um at about six amps so uh, that's yeah you know six amps across the two motors so that's that's three impressive. amps a piece yeah um, you'll be up for yeah. a bit yeah i it's- was i was really happy nice so i'm going to describe this one to the to the listeners it's basically so it's a it's a flat well it's a long wing sixty three inches as described the fuselage has a little uh, well, I guess you, you it almost got it has a little bit of like a FTC duck and then the back end of it is a V tail configuration so why the V tail is it just because you had the parts so that they're I had the parts um, originally I had done a V tail uh, two years ago because you know it was. I think it was interesting. Um, it was different. Are you picking up a lot of popping? Yeah, I get your popping. Yeah, I think you moved your mic there. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of advantages. I I think um, this one I did basically because of the design work I had done originally um, on on. You know, on it, so I, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, so I just carried on the V tail. Um, 
the original design really was um, was a design exercise. You see there's a, a carbon fiber boom uh, that goes out the back, and that was a boom that was left over from uh, an early quad build. And I saw that one day, and I thought, you know, I wonder if I could literally design a plane around this boom. Um, and that's that was where I got my design cue. I took the boom, and I thought, all right, let's design a plane around it. Uh, and that's how I ended up with the first plane. And when it came time for this, and I I, exper I, I drew up two or three designs. Uh, I've got one that, that really mimics the C-17. Um, I've got one that, you know, is much more conventional, like a C-130 type uh, design. Um, and in the end, I decided that I would just go back to what I had started this really uh, didn't have any intention of making this a product. This was this was for me. This was my relaxation to get away from the business a little bit and just design something that I wanted, that I wanted to play with this winter. Um, but the uh, when I started sharing some of the pictures, the you know the interest really peaked, and and I think I've got at least a dozen guys who said they would buy it and didn't care what it cost. So. You know, it's a complicated build, and I think I'm going to spend some time trying to simplify it, uh, refine it, and this mm -hmm. spring, who knows? Uh, it may end up being a product this spring. Um, cool. Nice. I've been happy with it so far. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like, I... I I'm sorry. I'm a twin. I'm a twin motor prop guy. Kind of. It's just they just for whatever reason. And I could totally see these things with some pot. This thing might even float on water one day. You never know, right? You have to try it. So very cool. Uh, actually, I'm looking at hey, some of the questions. It's, uh, it's it should be waterproof to some yeah. degree, right? So you should be able to plane with that. That'd be kind of neat. Just put some pontoons yeah. on the end of it, and you you know you you have no tail to worry about dunking. So yeah. It's kind of, I love it. I love the look of it and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Jody Springs brings up a really interesting point. We'll talk about this. He says, will there ever be a Sprite version 2? He says his way is in at about 100 and, uh, where was that? 168 grams. And he says, will there ever be, will you ever design a wing that'll that'll sit in the sub 250 class? So a little bigger. So this 2.5 Sprite, you know, um, do you see a lot of questions on that subject matter in the, the sub 250 gram class? Um, <clears throat> I haven't, I haven't gotten a lot of questions about it. The Sprite, um, the Sprite was an interesting plane, um, and, you know, it really came out of uh, one of my test pilots, Adam Prue, said, hey, we, we need to come up with something. And when he says we, he means me. Um, I need to come up with something that he could fly around the backyard. So uh, we, we agreed on an 18-inch wing. Um, and, you know, foolhardy as I was, I... I should have thought harder uh, about that. An 18-inch wing is just a brutal design. Um, aerodynamics, when you start getting that small, especially on, none, a, on right? a swept wing, get, right? Uh, it gets really difficult. The Reynolds numbers get so slow. Um, and one thing that we found was that you know we were getting so much stagnation with the lamb on it um, that it, we just weren't 
getting enough energy into the boundary layer over the top of the wing and it was just stalling out uh, at anything past, you know, lower than half speed. So it was an interesting, it's the only EPP wing that we make uh, that doesn't have lamb on it. Yeah. Uh, we're using that roughness of, of the EPP um, as, as thousands of little vortex generators to, to excite that boundary layer on top of the wing. And it's worked out well. It's, you know, a lot of people buy it thinking it's a beginner wing, and it, it really is not a beginner wing. Um, it's, it's, it's an easy build, but it's hard to get it flying exactly right. When it does fly, uh, when you've got it tuned in, it flies great, but uh, sometimes that can be, um, can be tough. Um, you know, I mean, if, if, if we're looking for something in between, I think, you know, the design, we could go slightly larger and look at hitting the 249. Um, I wouldn't rule it out. Mm. This one was brutal. Uh, this was the longest development I've ever had on a wing. Uh, this one, this one took a lot of time, uh, to I, get right. I'm, am I, I, I probably got two dozen of them. Nice. Uh, well, am I thinking that the CG must be really hard to hit on this? You must have a really tiny window to get that CG right as well. Yes. It's not hard to hit. It just has to be hit exactly. Yeah. Um, and what we found is that most of the electronics on this um, sit on top of rather than inside, you know, because it's so thin. So you have to measure CG on this upside down, like you would on a, on a low wing airplane, right? Mm. So, um, you, you make your CG marks, you turn it over and measure CG upside down, uh, is really the best way to do it. Now I've, I've seen Adam is a fantastic line of sight pilot and he's taken this wing, um, line of sight. Yeah, he, he went a little overboard with the paint job. Um, I, I, was ex I was expecting a cease and desist from Sprite any day. Um, but he, you know, he'd take it out and put his uh, headlamp on at feet meet and uh, just shine it up at it. And it looked like it was made out of reflective paint because all you could see in the black sky was this little plane. Um, and it, it, it'll do amazing things, but it is the build and the setup you you almost have to forget everything you know about setting up a wing because it doesn't set up like a normal wing um the throws are extremely small and and people who follow the instructions have had good success people who look at it and go oh i know how to build a wing i built a thousand wings generally run into problems um you know, they're, they're overthinking it and they just need to step back and follow the directions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun little wing. And, and with like a, uh, a 2S uh, 800 or 2S 1000 in it, you can just cruise along at 20 miles an hour under the trees for, you know, 20 minutes. Um, it's just, you know, it's a fun, I always like to say it's a fun little little FPV wing that doesn't take itself too seriously. Nice. Uh, it's not a speed demon, although there are some who have gone 4S on it. Um, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's like. Nice. You know, every time you design something, and this happened, this happened with the 28. Every, you know, the 28 was meant to be a 3S gap basher, you know, um, and when I finally, you know, put it in the hands of people, 
um, the first thing they did was go 4S, 6S, 8S, you know, and they turned it into a rocket. Uh, it really wasn't designed for that. As it turns out, it handles it quite well. Um, Even a twin. But it was really meant to, to hit the small gaps. Yep, we've got the twin sprites. Um, uh, we've got twin sprites, twin 28s. We have twin everything now. Uh, yeah. Every every plane that I manufacture, there is at least one twin uh, out there. Um, so, you know, it, again, that's what I really enjoy is seeing, you know, that's what I love about the group so much is, is seeing what these people are doing um, with this, you know, white foam that I ship them, these pieces. Um, they're turning them into absolute masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, going, you know, crazy with them. Super setups. uh there's some big long range setups with you know all kinds of flight controllers and GPS and the whole thing. So uh, the 63 and, and even the 42 make great long range planes. You know you can the 63 can carry you know uh, 12,000 milliamps without even knowing it's there. Um, and if you <laughs> if you wanted to go long range and you wanted to go lithium ion, I mean you could keep it in the air forever. Beauty. Beauty. Okay, you know what? I'm going to touch on two more points for you, and then I want to hop into some of the hot seat questions, and I think we've actually had a fantastic show. There, uh, there are a lot of fun comments, too, in the, in the chat. So, uh, number one, you just mentioned about the batteries, and talk to me about how you've seen the evolution of the technology that you put into these planes. I mean, we've gone from these, you know, depending, I guess, depending on the size of the, the craft, but... Um, we always seem to come back to saying the same thing where the multi-rotor technology really is we benefited from the, the miniaturization, the powers come up, the battery capacities have come up, and we, we've just been able to, you know, like any, I look at a quad and I see, oh, that's two to four planes right there. Right. Yep. So, um... You know, it, it's funny because, and, and I'm, I'll probably alienate a lot of wing and, and you know, fixed wing guys, but I came over from, um, came over from quads. Um, so I guess, you know, there's always that rivalry between the two. Um, and luckily, I'm surrounded by, you know, most of the guys that I fly with also fly quads or came from quads or, you know, experimented with quads. I think the, the, you know, certainly the technology is moving faster on the quad side. Um, the race quad, the battery technology certainly has moved, uh, you know, in the smaller pack, certainly a lot faster on the quad side. And even the, you know, the larger packs or some of the commercial uh, rigs, uh, I think really bleeds over into what we do. You know, we, we certainly can benefit. Um, a lot from the development on that side. I'd like to see um, more wing-centric or plane fixed wing-centric development. But, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, that we have the numbers, um, you know, to really warrant these companies to, to develop directly for us. Um, so I think we're still going to be taking what we can from them. I mean, uh, ESCs have gotten tiny, especially, which is, is really what has gone into the 28 and the Sprite. 
they're they're basically running all multi-rotor parts so that they've really made these small wings possible if i if i had to put a you know 20 or 30 amp esc on the sprite um that was available to fixed wings three four years ago that it never would have been a product you know it wouldn't be uh, I don't know what should have been bigger, the ESC or the or the battery. Um, battery size has come down. The energy density is getting much better. I think we owe a lot of that, you know, to the to the quad guys. We don't fly the same C ratings um, on on a lot of the big stuff, but you know, a lot of guys are are using the the twenty eight and the forty two are are flying real high C rated packs um, mm-hmm. because they're pushing that. Even though it's just one motor, they're pushing that motor pretty hard. It's a it's a quad motor. They're they're pulling you know forty amp ESCs on the on the sprite on the uh, twenty eight. So, yeah, I mean it's the the camera technology. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, what was coming out of the multi rotor uh, yeah. and particularly the race guys. Um, you know, we'd be still, and nothing, not to say there's anything wrong with a PZO, uh, board cam. Um, but you know, it really wouldn't have worked in a Sprite or a a 28 or even a 42. Um, so, uh, I think it's nice that a lot of that's coming. Um, I do feel, you know, you see that the quad guys are, you know, there's a lot more there. I don't want to say we feel like second-class citizens, but, you know, we do get a lot of stuff coming to us from that fast development stream, which is great. Um, but I think there's a downside to that in that their development stream is so fast that they're starting to get into stuff. Now they're, they're weaning away from the stuff that we like. You know, the, yeah. the full size cameras or even the mini cameras are getting scarce because they're all going to the micro cameras. Um, so, you know, they're moving fast. We benefited from that fast development, but I think there, it won't be long. A lot of their stuff will move past, um, what we tend to use or like to use. I've, I've found the fixed wing guys, you know. We find our thing and we stick you know, with and, it. And I may be a bad. Exactly, I'm I'm a bad example because I'm cheap. Um, I I generally run a lot of the cheapest stuff I can get my hands on, because uh, I know you know most of what I fly are prototypes, and they may not make it past the first flight, anyways. <laughs> um, but you know, we we tend to hold on to our stuff. Uh, I think we tend to be. Not old, but older, a little more mature. The quad guys tend to jump on, you know, the new flash, the hype train, um, all of that. Uh, and we tend to, you know, we tend to, to move a little slower, hold on to our stuff longer. Um, and, you know, in most cases, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Fly it till it burns up. Yeah. Kind of a long-winded explanation. No, perfect, perfect. So then the last thing I'm going to touch on, because we had a lot of good chats, you and I, on on Messenger, was color. And I, um, you know, I was sitting here one day looking at your thing, and I've got your Defiant 63 sequence through there, and I'm like, how the heck did you paint those planes so the color is so uniform and everything? And you came back with a very simple answer, and that was... Monocoat. <laughs> I don't paint. 
<laughs> I loved it. I loved it because you're like, well, what happens when you crash and you've got to strip that, that laminate off? You're going to rip the paint off the foam and everything. So he says, you know, it's easier. What if you decide suddenly you want to change your color? Well, you drop down a new fresh coat of lamb, put on some new stickers, and you go flying. And I'm like, brilliant. Now, I haven't done it with mine, but I do have I do have some red lamb ready to go. So this guy will be a red defiant 28 uh, with a black stripe. Oh, my God, it even affected my camera. Um, and, and just, you know, I love the idea. I'm going to definitely be trying it on a couple other of my wings as I go because – you, you laugh at it. Stepwise, it's a little bit more work, but it's not much more work. And when you factor in the can of a, uh, the cost of a rattle can these days, I don't know what what you guys pay, but I know I had some sticker shock last time I went to Home Depot looking at paint. Um, just just what it would cost to do like two colors. So, um, does it add a lot of weight? Does it add a lot of extra work? Um, weight wise, I. To be honest, um, I think it's actually lighter uh, than a coat of paint. You get a good coat of paint on a, on a wing. If you've got a multiple coats and you're trying to get that color deep and, and filled in, um, I believe the paint is actually heavier. Um, I haven't done the scientific testing, um, but I believe that once, you know, with a monocoat, it feels heavy because you've got that, that backing on it. And once you pull that backing off, what's left is, is very light. Um, it's a little more work than paint, certainly. Um, and I, I think that the final product outweighs that, that little bit of extra work. It's, it's really like laminating it twice. You know, the, the monocoat has some tips and tri- you know, some tricks to it, but, uh, it's a lot like laminating again. And, and I guess if, if, if you're, you know, the big hang up on a wing is having to laminate it, then Monaco probably isn't uh, the right choice. Um, but what I like, <laughs> what I like about it is if, you know, uh, I really enjoy laminating a wing. It, it, while it was, you know, the scariest thing when I first got started, I've, it's, it really is kind of that Zen moment where you mm-hmm. can sit down and take your time with something. And, and nice thing about, um, you know, laminating a clear wing without any paint under it is that if it doesn't work out, you just rip it off. You don't rip your paint off, start again. Um, and the same thing with the monocoat. If the monocoat's not going down right, just heat it up a little bit, pull it right off and mm. start again. Um, there's, you know, there's with those two products, with it, without paint being under it, there's nothing you can't undo. Um, so you can hit the reset button and start again. I got into it because, um, I was, uh, building so many prototypes and I was building a fast. I didn't want to spend the time, you know, to paint a wing, wait for it to dry and, and then laminate it and get it in the air and have it, you know, completely fail on the first flight. You know, it was, it was complete garbage or, you know, it got destroyed, so what I tend to do is I build the wings uh, white, I laminate them, test them, and if it turns out that it's something I'm going to keep, then I'll put la- uh, put monocoat over the top of it. So, you know, the ones that you're showing, um, you know, the 63, the 42, and the 28 all have uh, monocoat on them. They're all first cut prototypes. Um, you know, those those are originals. 
the 63 and the 42 definitely uh, are originals. So those are those are unique in that I made changes um, for the production wing, but those are both prototypes, nice. and they still look great. And yep. then the 42, you know, the 42 is my everyday flyer. It's hanging behind you there in the in the video. I've uh, I've yes, yep. Um, and I do have a video on my channel about using uh, monocoat yep. uh, over the lamb. So if you're interested in it, go ahead and check it out. Um, I've tried to post videos, and, and I know I've been bad, and I will post more um, as, you know, as flying season ends and build season begins. I spend more time in the basement. I will go back to posting videos, but... Uh, you know the uh, the wind tunnel project took up a lot of my time, and and uh, the video, the build video on the first part build video on that is my by far my best video uh, on YouTube, and I'm uh, everybody's looking for you know uh, part two, so part two will be coming this winter uh, when I get back to building that product. Good stuff. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a noise there, but not too bad. All right, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna jump into the hot seat questions. We uh, I enjoy doing the hot seat questions because they're they're long and short questions, but we uh, we tend to learn a little bit more about our guests that way. So numbers forty one. Uh, I randomly pick them through a generator. Uh, I always ask the uh, the uh, the fans to to submit more questions, or as I'm talking to someone, I come up with a new one. So your first question is number forty, and actually it goes right back to your battery questions: three S, four S, six S, or eight S. By and large, 4S. I think 4S is what I have the most of. Yep. Do you fly um, in single packs uh, very often? Would or like to try 6S. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it really depends on the wing. Um, the 63 runs a pair of 4S 5200s. The 42, I've run everything through that. Um, but I run uh, 4S 5200s or 4S 4000s. Uh, interesting uh, point on that. I want to bring it up. A couple of the guys, in particular, Adam Pru, um, builds his Defiance based on 4S 1800s. Yeah. Which is kind of an interesting idea. A single 1800 in the 28, two to three 1800s in the 42, and up to, I think he's got six 1800s. Uh, in the 63 and that way he focuses on buying that one battery size yes yes um, and they're all interchangeable yeah that so it's, is, it's kind um, of an interesting approach yeah you know? i and i've got some 1800s for us 1800s which are what are going to be going into my 28 and that's that was one of the reasons i was like yeah this is perfect i've got batteries i have no idea how good they are because they are a couple years old now but Yes, I agree with that because uh, as I've jumped through my 6S uh, um, for the Jets, that's turned into I've got now four different sizes. <laughs> and you're kind of like, wow, that is a lot of money. But that's just the way it goes. All right, next it question. Is. Random generator. And like I said, I'm, I'm cheap. Cheap. You know. Yeah. No, and uh, I, I want to find the best. And uh, oh, here's a good one. Number 31. Do you have any other hobbies? Uh, do I have any other hobbies? Um, you know, this, uh, no, not really. Uh, I used to do a lot of woodworking and, uh, furniture building. 
and now my shop is overrun with the model stuff. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of a yes and no question. Um, because this hobby really is a mashup of a lot of hobbies. So I do a lot of 3d printing. So that could be a hobby. The CNC hotwire, um, is almost a hobby unto itself. Uh, the design work, you know, is, is certainly could be a hobby. Um, I just purchased and then am in the middle of assembling a, um, a CNC router. Yes. So that really could be a hobby in and of itself. Um, so, I mean, that's, there's a lot of hobbies within this hobby. Um, so, you know, I guess that's a yes and no answer. Cool. Uh, we're picking up a lot of glitching there. Um, number four, your best crash. Best crash. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've crashed a lot. None of them have been particularly, um, spectacular. Um, you know, the biggest damage from a crash probably were some of the early prototypes, either the, you know, the twin prototype or the early 42 prototypes when they were built out of uh, rigid foam insulation. Um, and you, you know, literally got one flight out of them. And uh, if you hit anything, you know, they completely turned into sawdust. Um, you know, I think those, those are big, some of my biggest crashes. You know, that's the nice thing about EPP wings is that, you know, you very rarely have a crash that isn't repairable, mm. whether it's, you know, uh, tape and glue at the field or, you know, spending spending a weekend or a week rebuilding it and getting it back out there. I'm not sure I have a single wing here that is so far gone that it won't fly again. Um, and that's what I love about EPP wings is that, you know, they're very durable. Um I don't, I don't, nothing, nothing, uh, stands out as being, uh, overly interesting or exciting. <laughs> good stuff. I've, good I've, stuff. uh, been in some situations. I've had some good mid airs. Um, I had a, I had a mid air, had a mid air at feet meet this year where somebody flew under me and thought they were out the other side and came up completely under me. <laughs> um, and just, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but it was, what it happened? was um, yep. completely, yeah, it was just, it just took me completely out of the air. And, and the worst part was we were at feet meet. It was an early morning flight and, and, uh, it was early in the weekend and I wanted to, to make sure that we had, you know, I had the wing to show off that we could do a gaggle and I spent most of the weekend repairing it, um, I, I had a good, uh, had a great night flight crash. I think I put it up on my Instagram, um, where, and one of the things we do at feet meet is, is, you know, is just fly the course at night, um, you know, with the night Eagles and I had my wraith up and I was chasing two other planes and we all have, you know, either a, an IR beacon or something so that we can see. Um, and <laughs> I just saw Frank's uh, Frank's comment. Somebody, 
<laughs> yeah, we all know who it was, Frank. Um, so I was coming around the corner and there were some lights in the distance that were lighting the driving range, basically that we're flying on. And, and what I found was that, um, three of them were lights and one of them was a plane coming head on and, uh, Merrill Ross and I Bender, uh, hit midair. Um, and I had absolutely no idea what happened, but going back and looking at the DVR, I could actually count the lights and I said, one, two, three and Bender. So, uh, <laughs> that was pretty spectacular. Nice. Number 41, going back to your battery questions, uh, low C count or a high C count? What is your preferred, uh, pack? Um, I prefer, it's a good question. Uh, I prefer to fly what is appropriate for the craft. Um, so I like a high C pack on something like the 28. Um, and I usually run a moderate, you know, like a 40 C pack on the 42. When I get up to the 63, I can start running lower C packs because I just don't fly it that hard. Um, you know, to need that, that high C rating. And when you, when you're running those high C rating, you're leaving a lot of weight on the table. So, um, I'll fly low where low is appropriate and I don't need the weight. I'll fly high where weight really isn't an issue and that I'm looking for something that's going to sustain that voltage higher. Nice. Ooh, a little different question. I don't know if you're going to be able to, well, I think I know what the answer is. So number 20 is glow, gas, or electric? Well, that's pretty easy. Yeah, electric. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should just um, know better. I had a glow boat once. <laughs> that but, was? Yeah, now electric. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite brand of servos? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, like I said, I'm cheap. Um, and I tend to use what works. Um, anything smaller than the 42 gets, uh, gets Emacs. Um, you know, the cheap Emacs, uh, 12 gram, 15 gram servos. Um, the bigger things I've, uh, I've used some of the hobby King stuff. Uh, Ruben's always recommending the Hextronics, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 14 gram. So I've, I've used those. Um, and I've honestly been really happy with them and, and for what I build and I fly, you know, and I'm sure others will disagree, but for me, um, you know, when I'm putting together one of these wings, there's, it's just I don't see the need for a $25 servo. Um, maybe something yeah. that was bigger and, and more expensive and, and, you know, you needed the torque. But in most of the stuff um, that I fly, um, even in stuff that I have, have just absolutely bashed, um, servos tend to be one of the things that survive. Um, and, you know, I've... I've retired wings, not because I didn't fly, just because they, you know, became saggy diapers over time. Um, and I pulled the, the cheap Emacs yeah. servos out of them and put them in new wings, you know. So, I, I'm, like I said, uh, I, I like to spend my money where it makes the most sense. And for most of the wings and planes that I build, um, that, that's not the servos. But Metal Gear servos, no nylon. I'm sure I'll wings. get a lot of hate mail for that one. Nah, 
Nah. No, every, everything is Metal Gear. Um, <laughs> you, you everything's do, Metal Gear, but, you, do, you, you know, do the nylon, it's a $6 Emacs servo. Yeah, and you do the nylon servo thing once. You do What's one that? wing, you do it once, and you learned don't do nylon in a wing. Yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, what was it, my uh, my yeah. Versa wing, my yeah. flight test Versa yeah. wing, and I had a 15-minute hike into the woods, into the deep snow to go get my wing because I... The zzz, and in she went. I'm like, oh man. So, okay, number nine, and it's a follow up to the the servo question. What is your favorite brand of radio? What do you fly with? Uh, I fly Free Sky. Um, I started with uh, so I fly Tyrannus, mm-hmm. uh, the Free Sky Tyrannus. I've got the the X9D. Um, and I had that for a couple of years, and I had some trouble with the internal module, and I picked up the uh, QX7, and that's that's what I fly with. It's a, you know, it's a hundred and five dollar radio. Um, I have, so I've, I've kept the X9D, and I've got Dragon Link on the X9D for some of the long range stuff. I have started recently in the last year. Uh, I picked up the Cross uh, TBS. Uh, crossfire system Mm -hmm. and i'm slowly migrating most of anything bigger or faster gets migrated over to tbs uh to crossfire um i've been really happy with it the response is uh, you know uh, latency is is phenomenal and the hardware is really easy to work with they plug it into a computer and update it and then when you rebind uh you know to uh to a a receiver it updates the firmware in the receiver for you so it's it's been great i haven't had any problems with it it's great for long range so uh, i fly the qx7 tyrannus with a crossfire in the back uh, or just uh, the free sky receivers nice pretty simple inexpensive yep. yep nick's asking a question online and i think this might require a little bit more in-depth of an answer so we're gonna bounce out from the the hot seat questions um what software do you use to design so i guess we're gonna talk about cad and cutting and everything uh if you could dwell into some of your design process sure um Let's see. As far as CAD goes, anything that I'm drawing in 3D in CAD, anything that I'm going to print or mill, um, I use Onshape, which is uh, you know free to use uh, online browser-based CAD package. Uh, it was developed by the people that developed. Um, uh, well, I'm blanking on the name SolidWorks. So they developed SolidWorks, and and those same people developed Onshape. If you, you know, if you use a public documents, uh, it's completely free. It's easy to use, easy to learn. So that's what I use uh, on that side. Um, when I'm doing designs, I use um, XFlyer Five. Um, to work out a lot of the aerodynamics, to look at the lift and the drag and things like that. Uh, as far as foam cutting, um, I use an add-on uh, for um, why am I? Uh, yeah, you could put me on a hot seat here, and I and I'm blanking on uh, on all of the software that I use. Um, yeah, you found it on shape. Mm-hmm. Just a second here. All right, so. 
Uh, I'm using, and I forget the name of it, but essentially, um, it is a uh, it's a SketchUp plugin. So the wing designs, the actual wing profiles are done in SketchUp, and then I have an add-on um, that generates the um, that generates the cut paths uh, and generates the G code or the G code files for the cut paths. Um, and then I run uh, on the CNC cutter. I'm running Mach three. Um, so I just run those, those, uh, G code files through Mach three. I have a four axis, uh, hot wire cutter that I built. Um, and it, it works phenomenal. Um, it really does a nice job of, of make, of cutting the foam. And, uh, honestly, I think that's about it. Cool. Um, right. you know, nothing, nothing too exotic. All right. Next difficult question. I love the randomness of this stuff. Chocolate or vanilla? <laughs> oh, vanilla. Sweet. Sweet ice cream. I don't know what that is anymore. Definitely man. vanilla. <laughs> All right. Number 25. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's rough. Uh, oh, well. I live. What, ooh, what do you think? I love the fact ooh. that these are questions that, are, that people submit. Uh, this is number 25. What do you think the future of FTV wing racing will look like? Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, that's a that's a tough one. Um that you know, right into the drama, right? Mm. Um Yeah, I Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Sounds like uh, my pipes are creaking here. Hot water tank. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I think somebody's taking a shower. So, uh, you know, it's a tough question because I, I liked uh, where the FPV WRA was going. Um, and I was, you know, I was pretty excited to get involved with that. But I think uh, what's ended up is, you know, that's kind of gotten convoluted. Um, and again, it comes down to racing and competition. Anytime you have competition, you have people trying to win. Um, and, and I, I think the big problem was that we had the spec wing, uh, class. And while it's a great class to get people in and I, I applaud the intent. Um, I think the problem was that we just didn't have it sealed up tight enough. Um, and, you know, like I said, anytime somebody's racing, you got people who, who want to win. And those people are going to go to extreme lengths um, to get their, get their wing to, you know, get, find that advantage. And I, I think the spec wing class was meant to be everybody running, you know, exactly the same product and running, um, you know, as even as they can, but I mean, really you come down to builders, not all, well, maybe all wings were designed to be equal. Not all builders are created equal. Um, people are going to invest more time and money and effort into building, um, some of these inexpensive spec wings and they're more than likely going to, you know, come out a little bit faster and, I think that the FPV WRA just wasn't ready to handle, uh, really didn't have the rules in place uh, to handle that. They want everybody to be even, and that's that's a very difficult thing to yeah. do. 
Um, I personally would like to see sport class and unlimited class and even micro class uh, become more of a focus. Uh, the spec wing has really been the focus of most of the races, but I personally would like to see sport class really become the focus, uh, loosen it up a little bit, um, and actually go racing. Uh, but yep. I uh, guess time will tell on that one. I like that. I like that answer. Number 34, jumping back to the radios. Uh, mode one, two, three, or four. Two. Cool. Yeah. Mode two. Mode two. Uh, is what I started with. And, uh, yeah, this seems, I, I couldn't even imagine trying one of the others. Um, no. I, my coordination is bad enough. Um, uh, so, yeah, mode two. <laughs> Boring, like, plain, simple. It's like trying to switch over to a right-hand drive car. Uh, number 39, Yank, uh, Bank and Yank or Rudder, uh, Rudder Flyer? Oh, bank and yank. All the way. All I the bank way. and yank even when I have a rudder. Most <laughs> of the time I don't have a rudder, but even when I have one, I'm bank and yank. Uh, you sort of answered this question earlier on, but number 19 is, what is your go-to plane? Uh, my 42. Gotcha. Yep. yep. The 42 is my go-to wing. Yep. Very cool. Number seven. Oh, oh, this is going to be fun. Wow, we already know this. Are you a pre-built or a builder? Oh, I'm a builder. Yeah, definitely a, a builder. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have yeah, guessed. No, I've, I've always been a builder since I was a kid, you know. Yeah. I own one pre-built plane. I have a I have a Bixler, one of the Bixler ones when Hobby King reintroduced them. Yeah. Um, and it's a great plane, and it's a great to practice line of sight on. But that is the only pre-built plane that I have. Yep. Uh, oh, I take that back. I do have a Nano Sky Hunter. Yes. And, uh, yes. Great. That has. Ship. I love that little plane. Yeah, and I just put a big battery in it. And I go 3S, and I put a big prop on it, and I just cruise for yep. 20 minutes. And yep. it was, I bought it off of somebody for 20 bucks. And, you know, I go and explore, and if I lose it, it was a $20 plane. It's, it's not the end of the world. Yep. Uh, I didn't build it, so I don't have a lot invested in it. You know, when you, when you build a wing, I think you tend, you know, they, they may be cheaper, um, but I think you invest a lot more of yourself in it, and I think you tend to be a little more careful. Um, it's not something like, oh, well, I'll just go buy another one. Um, you've, you've invested a lot of your time and effort and yourself into that, and I think you, you tend to be a little smarter with it. Nice. Nice. Number 14, Mustang or Spitfire? Okay. <laughs> Um, see, uh, I, I'm going to go Mustang on this one. Oh, yeah. oh. Although to be honest, I've <laughs> never had either, never flown either, but I'm going to go Mustang. Nice. All right. So we've got, Oh, we're getting into repeats here. Come on, random generator. Make it interesting. Uh -oh. What is your favorite RC moment of all time? They are random. Oh, they are. Yep. Favorite RC moment of all time. 
All right. I think that's that's actually an easy one. Um, the best, the most fun I've ever had with RC was just this past feet meet, the uh, Defiant 63 gaggle. Um, that, yeah, that's got to go down in history so far as, as my best, uh, most favorite RC moment. It was uh, eight... Eight wings, eight 63s or 66s. I think we had uh, two 66s. And, uh, and of the total, I think there were three twins. And so eight 63, 66-inch wings in the air uh, at the same time um, in formation over the flight line just was an amazing sound. Um, I think you put up a picture earlier. There, that one right there. That was how bad my launch was. Um, so what happened there was I ended up, it was a horrible launch. We all launched. Um, and uh, Colt was, <laughs> Colt had a 360 camera set up behind a flag um, <laughs> out of the way. And I found it. And you I took it? it completely off the pole. I found it. Um, it was a hairy takeoff. I wasn't sure. Uh, but uh, you know, everybody, it was, it was a gaggle. So, you know, we had the, we had the air to ourselves. So everybody at feet meet was watching everybody launch. So I didn't want to screw up the launch. Uh, I almost did. I think everybody else got in the air fine, but you're talking 63, 66 inch wings, that are large, but they are, you know, overpowered, certainly. Um, they're loud. They're aggressive. Uh, Frank Frank was there. Frank was part of that. He flew his twin. Um, you know, it was just audacious. You know, these wings, you've got eight of them in formation flying, you know, 80 miles an hour over the flight line was just an absolutely amazing sound. Awesome. Um, and just the comments from people around, everybody excited. Uh, I, I put out a request for footage. I wanted to do a video. I have a video up on the YouTube channel of the flight. I mean, I got air footage, ground footage, DVR. I had, oh, I think I had two or three terabytes contributed of of data i mean it was just amazing how yeah. much data and how many people had a camera out filming this thing so uh Ooh. definitely the highlight of my fpv career nice nice i like that and and like you said the bigger wings i mean it's a spectacle it's a sight to see everybody gets to see them because they're not trying to track these little you know and they've got they've got the cord they've got the colors yeah nice Nice, nice, nice. Question yeah. number five. And even and even at our... Go ahead. Yep. I said even, even at our furthest distance away, you could spot exactly which wing was which. I mean, yeah. you could just tell who was where. Um, it wasn't, you know, it's not hard to follow them. Uh, they're massive, they're brightly colored, and they're loud. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that twin shot. Nice. Number five, fast or slow? Um, that's an interesting question. I am not a fast flyer. So um, 
you know, when it comes to a really fast wing, nah, that, I'd rather fly slow and enjoy the moment. Um, however, you know, that being said, uh, I probably fly, you know, relatively flat fast for the, my altitude. I, I prefer low and fast. Um, that's, you know, and low and fast isn't 90 miles an hour, but it's probably, you know, 65 and four feet off the deck. Yep. You got to um, see that shadow, that's, right? That's what I really enjoy. Yep. yep. Oh, I love shadow chasing. One of my favorite things. <laughs> it's the funnest so, thing. So uh, low and fast, but not not race fast. Nice. All right. Question number eight. Pinch or thumbs? Are you a pincher or are you a thumb pilot? Um, I am a modified pinch. A hybrid, yep. I guess they refer to it. I am thumb on top, but uh, finger in front. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. It just gives me more control. And I, I adopted that when I was racing because when I was racing quads, uh, the, the adrenaline would get to the point where my thumbs would shake too much. And I just could not, you know, keep my flight smooth enough with my thumbs moving. But being able to then just slide the finger in front of the stick was enough to steady them. So uh, I'm definitely a hybrid pinch. Ditto. Ditto. I got the, yeah, I've had people call me out and I'm like, look, that's just how I fly. It works. Look, I'm flying. Yeah. Number 35, the Velcro question. So is this uh, the fuzzy on the battery or fuzzy on the fuselage? Fuzzy on the battery. Yes. That one's been like Definitely. 100% I, We've had this discussion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah this I, is... I think we put the fuzzy on the stuff that's easy to remove because that's the stuff that that's the, the part that gets so messed up. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sean, I, I have to say, I think we've had a really fantastic uh, uh, podcast. I really appreciate your answers and your can't your, your honest banter on a lot of the subjects. Uh, is there anything you uh, want to add to uh, any final shots and parting comments that you want to put out there to the community and everything who are listening? No, I, I mean, uh, I really enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's, uh, I really enjoyed being able to, to get out and, you know, kind of share my thoughts on it. Um, check out, uh, just a shameless plug, check out Defiant Wings. Uh, see, uh, we have a, a user group, Defiant Wing Owners Group on Facebook. Just uh, It's a closed group. Just go ahead if you're interested. Go ahead and, uh, and request. I'll let you in. Um, let's see if, if, if what we're doing is, is something you think is interesting. Um, it's a great group full of uh, a lot of experienced pilots that, you know, I started the group. And, and, and I don't like to admit it, but it really is my product support, uh, being a one man company. It's tough to have, uh, you know, to be, uh, in that support role. And really the, the defiant owners group is, is really my online product support. There's a lot of great people there. Um, if, uh, if you're looking for me, for anything, Facebook, defiant wings, Instagram, YouTube is all defiant wings. Um, and, you know, I've just, uh, let everybody know that I'm kind of, like I said, I'm designing for, uh, what I like to fly. And it just turns out that a lot of other people like the, like the same thing. 
Yeah. And you know um, what? I'm, I'll, I'll put it I out I guess this. that's about it. I, no. I don't. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I completely agree. And I want to throw in the fact that, yeah, I am the slowest builder. In, these things are not hard to make. Uh, there are some really good tutorial <laughs> videos. If you are into building, if you're into doing anything like the flight test planes or anything, this is just another step, another technique. You get the right tools, the right glue, and you do it. Um, and, like, I mean, this thing is almost ready to go. I just need to throw the electronics in there, do the CG, throw it in the air, try it, throw on my lamb, and I have a finished wing. I just have to actually sit down and commit to it. A couple of the things I learned, a couple of things I am going to do after this thing is revisit my power system. I'm just running a you know 20 Emax motor, but I think I'm going to change up my ESC because what you were talking about and the one I have I feel is too heavy. So, some really good valuable tips. But uh, yes, check out his website. I will throw everything into and, and his social media. I will check out. Uh, I will throw it into the comments for the podcast so you can see it. Uh, these are really phenomenal products, and I think uh, if you do and are in that ready to make that jump to that different kind of wing. You want to check them out because, like I said, I think they're indestructible. Well, I'll find out pretty fast, but, you know, there's so many options and everything. Uh, I so wouldn't say indestructible, no, but they're, okay. uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty durable. There you go. That's <laughs> it. So um, so I'm going to finish off the show. Sean, you can uh, stay on if you uh, want to, but I'm going to finish off a couple of the points and just thank all our Patreons and everything. I am going to be doing the finishing off and setting up the... Um, uh, the the best uh, the best of 2019 uh, products. We're changing it up a little bit this year since it's just me, and I'm not going to say what I think is the best plan. Well, I will, but I'm I want the community to vote, so I'm going to be setting up that document. I've had a lot of submissions from from various people uh, through the Patreon group and online and everything. We'll, I'm going to keep opening that up for for comments, and we'll do a poll. I don't know when the the show is going to be because I got to look at the, the, the we're in now December. Holy moly, eh? Um, I don't know when that's going to happen but it's going to be uh, probably towards the end of the year and we'll do the best of and I'm 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 opening it up to more than just a product that was made in 2019 stuff that stood out stuff that was valuable stuff that and and we're talking the whole range and maybe I will have to start you know looking at different elements like people like what Sean does and everything because they you know that stuff needs to be propagated and everything and included in this thing um I get too focused in on the plug and play lifestyle and because uh, I'm, I'm lazy and I just want to go flying, but I do need to finish these wings and I will this winter make a huge effort. I think one day it'll just going to be like this mass laminate day and I'll go and I'll laminate everything. And I got a warlock to build as well. I know you've got one as well, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. It's on my build list. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do a twin prop on that one or are you just going to go single? Oh, I'm going twin, definitely twin. Nice, yeah. I, I've yeah. got a power pack. Something here. different, you yeah. know. I, I like the twin FPV ships too because when you throw quieter. them, well, and when you throw them, you're well. Then again, with a good wing, you just toss it and go, right? On some of the bigger ones, it can be a little bit more of a challenge, I think. But uh, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. But uh, I think over the winter, I'm going to keep building. I got these 3D printers to play with and everything, so it just it feels like things are sort of calming down. There's a bunch of builds going on at the back of stuff. I'm having some fun with some other products and everything. Uh, so again, huge thank you for the patrons, you guys. Uh, it's patrons. 
slash RC After Hours. You guys have been super nice to me, and I do apologize for pretty well missing the month of November as far as podcasts, but there were a lot of reasons for that. So uh, we'll talk about some of the new products on the next show because we've had a really phenomenal show, and I want to end it on the high note because we've actually had a really positive, good chat with Sean, who's opened us up into his world of building and designing and wings and spec wings and all the other fun stuff. So uh, on that note, Sean, I want to thank you. Uh, there's a beautiful shot there of you know wing and winter. Go figure. Um, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap the show up. And I'm just trying to find where my extra music is because I never get that right, Sean. Thank you very much, uh, patrons and fellow uh, and subscribers and everything. You guys rock. Until uh, next time, have a, an awesome week, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much. Ciao.